Hello there, Paul. Good morning, Richard. I've already shouted up the coffees. And look at those little coffee cups with the Italian flag on them. That's because they're Scudetto coffee cups. Of course. Well, that must mean it's time for... Calcio. Calcio. And coffee. And coffee. Yes, indeed. From the Gazzetta on Sunday, Milan, e bellissimo. You are the most beautiful. No, or you're really, really beautiful. But either way... It's beautiful. It is beautiful. Finally, the championship has been brought back to the red and black half of the city. And the Corriere dello Sport doesn't waste any words. Milan, campione. Yes, a lot of thought going into that headline, as always. <laughs> well, Tutto Sport even. The Juventus mouthpiece says Milan, 18. Really? You'll see what Juve... You'll see Juve, they'll have to get Juve into the headline, whatever way. <laughs> yes, tattoo parlours in Milan are set to do good business. <laughs> the players have got their bonus in their pocket. <laughs> and the tattoo artists will be busy scratching out that number 18 on the Italian flag. Thoroughly deserved, wasn't it? Really over the season. Great job done there by Mr Allegri and his team. And what celebrations they were down in Rome. It's pretty incredible. I was there myself and... Uh, over 12,000 Milan fans made the, the trip down and the players really give it a, a great celebration. And no moonwalking from Mr Boateng. Thank goodness. He's keeping it for the San Siro oh, no. this Sunday. Oh, no. <laughs> well, Galliani said about the fans, Galliani even gave his lucky yellow tie. To the fans, oh, really? The, yeah. <laughs> and did you I think he's got a wardrobe full of them? He's got three hundred and one for every think, day of the yeah, week. I think he's that's his, like he just hands them out. Yeah, have a tie. That's yellow. Okay. And what about Gattuso? He jumped into in with the fans as well and uh, joined with the ultras. And some nasty things to say about Leonardo, which we can't repeat. Which we can't repeat. <laughs> really? But at least Leonardo, on the other hand, he said, "Well done, Milan." The derby was massive. That was the turning point. Remember, Richard, we were in the Milan press lounge before the game and we were talking to one of our colleagues from a well-known Milan voice. Yeah. And he looked at the two starting lineups after the draw against Barry, the defeat against Palermo, and he was shaking the paper, shaking his head, saying, what are we going to do against Inter with this lineup? Of course, but he is Milanese. <laughs> And so he's just negative, <laughs> so he's negative anyway. So this was this was a surprising thing that the, the fans were so excitable down in Rome. It's usually you know the Milanese are walking around like a, a wet Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> but it was unbridled joy. Because of that lovely wine they brought, you cannot tell me <laughs> that was champagne. No, I tell it you was what it Fanta was. Fanta with shampoo. <laughs> no, I thought it was uh, for the doping test afterwards. <laughs> it was a pretty disgusting colour. And it was like a flagon. <laughs> yeah. Do you have flagons of champagne? Oh. It wasn't champagne. Exactly, it wasn't champagne. <laughs> and um, the only one person drank it. And uh, I was Cassano. Cassano <laughs> yeah. And he poured the rest over Allegri. <laughs> and Allegri, he, he took it well, Mister Allegri, didn't he? <laughs> but going back to the tattoos, Abbiati really? was asked, "Are you going to get another tattoo?" And he said, "My wife will kill me." <laughs> yeah, I've got no more space. Whereas nobody asked Ibra, there's plenty of space in that long torso of his. <laughs> on his nose. <laughs> and then, um, didn't Pato say, I'm getting one, I love B? 
and Barbara gave him a little kiss on the pitch. She was not lovely. And the, the, obviously yeah. the microphone was thrust into Barbara's face <laughs> on the pitch. She refused to speak, unlike a Berlusconi, which is quite impossible. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. obviously her father was outraged. <laughs> was that? <laughs> what a perfect chance to attack the magistrates <laughs> once again. <laughs> yeah, but uh, one Berlusconi who gets a microphone thrust in their face and has nothing to say, that is a big surprise. <laughs> but the surprises weren't finished because on Monday's Gazzetta, c'è caca nella festa Milan. Yeah, Ricky Kaká, he sent them a, a text message and he wrote, we've won the title. Now we play Real Madrid, now we've won the title. <laughs> Or was that a little message, a little nudge there to Galliani? So Kakaz back in the Milan party and Galliani said, I've always loved him and I have a plan to bring him back. Yeah, just ask Real Madrid. <laughs> Parola del Presidente. And so we turn to the words of the presidents of Serie A and one of the most famous came out with this, like with Allegri, like there was great love between us. <laughs> Excuse me, who's this? That's not the that's not the new Roma president, is it? It's <laughs> not. Benedetto. It is Beach Bum Massimo Chilino. I <laughs> heard him on the old guitar late. The difference, like between Inter and Milan, was the coach. Yeah, the coach that he sacked. <laughs> but he sacked him out of love, love for Cagliari, yeah. love for Max, love for the universe. All this love that's going around here. He, he sacked him because he knew that Allegri was going to leave and join Milan anyway, and he couldn't take it. You call that love? And Chilino continued saying, uh, talking about Galliani, who phoned them up in the middle of the night and, and said, "Up yours." <laughs> <laughs> Poor Chilino's wife was lying there half asleep, thinking, "Why is my..." Husband talking on the phone. Ti voglio bene. Oh, really? I love you. No. Yes. From Galliani? From Chilino. To Galliani. Oh, the other way around. And Chilino's wife was like, Oh my, oh my, my husband loves somebody else. <laughs> yes, he does. He loves Adriano Galliani. Who we know only has eyes for one man. Saint Silvio. Yes, San Silvio, who didn't go down to Rome to get involved in the post-game celebrations, but remained in Milan, no doubt planning a new stadium. Yes, Silvio Berlusconi has decided that Milan's home ground should be named after him. Yeah, the San Silvio. The San Silvio. (laughs) (laughs) And we won't be quoting Silvio Berlusconi in this episode because there are local elections <laughs> next weekend. Yeah, we don't influence anybody there on who they're going to vote for. Because we all know what he said anyway afterwards. Ah, oh, me, 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 100 million, 50 million. My precious the alchemist. That grizzly wizened old man the features crumpled together once again at the end of the Palermo Barry match big win that over Barry who are already relegated why can't my players be themselves because <laughs> you put something in their drinks we know that they can't be themselves the captain took a penalty in the manner of somebody else and we all know who not like meekly take penalties like that. There is this masochistic streak. 
It was masochistic this week, not narcissistic. Lots of istics going on. The istic man. It's bombistic. <laughs> and you know before the, um, the semi-final, the Tim Cup, in his press conference, he comes out, he goes, uh, it's really important for Palermo, this part of the country, to win the Italian Cup, or even get to the final of the Italian Cup, because this part of the country hasn't had as much joy as other parts of Italy. Indeed, it's no longer just Palermo, the football team, nor even the city. It is the entire island. And even the, the deep south of Italy is being represented by the Rosanera. Well, that's what he thinks. And he, then he said, I'm talking about football, of course. I'm not Bin Laden or a politician. Which, what are you on about? It's alchemical, Richard. <laughs> There's a message in there. I, I just know. got to well, read the symbols. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a terrorist. I'm not a dead terrorist. But going back, or a live one. <laughs> but he was spot on about one thing. It was a horrendous penalty by Bicoli. Yeah, but not the only one over the weekends. Statistics. Statistics. Six out of eight. Six out of eight. What? <laughs> Penalties saved by Samir Andanovic. Oh, the Udinese goalkeeper. Yes. And the one at the weekend probably is most difficult. <laughs> Not really. Was I think he just watched the video from the night before. So let's, let's just backtrack on it. Mara Zarate steps up. Then just chips the ball into the arms of the goalkeeper. Alan Nicoli. <laughs> exactly the same as Fabrizio. And now we know why Lazio don't get any penalties. <laughs> <laughs> 110,000 per match. Um, that's not the attendances at uh, Bologna matches. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is indeed. The amount of money Lazio pay the Olympic Committee to use the Olympic Stadium in Rome. Right, to rent out the stadium. 20 million euro a year. Th that's incredible. And you think if you saved up a few of those 20 millions and invested in a new stadium, well, you wouldn't need the Olympic Committee and you wouldn't need a running track either, which is only used once a year. By Massimo Hondo. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. And he, he raced around the, uh, the running track at the Olympic Stadium. He said in 58 seconds and Ambrosini said it was actually one minute four. But not only, like, Coney not only take 20 million euro, they also take 1,300 tickets per match in the poshest seats. I'm sorry, that is a major, major rip-off, isn't it? And Lotito says, the Olimpico costs too much. Well, it does, and that's the reason why Mr. Di Benedetto, when he arrives in Rome, finally, <laughs> whenever that will happen, is definitely going to take forward the plans to build a new stadium, move out of the Olimpico and not having to give all their money away to uh, the Olympic Committee. Well, Di Benedetto's just trying to find out what Rosella Senzi actually agreed with the <laughs> Olympic knows. Committee. Nobody knows, not even Unicredit, the holding bank. And so Di Benedetto's first thing as Roma president is to find out what this contract actually states. We all now know what Lazio need to pay and Petrucci who is head of the Olympic Committee said yeah. I've always held Lotito in high regard until now until now 
Che tristezza! He said, what sadness yeah, in his pocket. Yeah, exactly. And if you think, right, there's the Olympic uh, Stadium, the San Paolo and uh, the San Nicola with the running tracks. Never used. Never used. Except by Massimo Oddo. <laughs> exactly. But that's a serious consideration that uh, Italian football clubs have to start taking the control of this situation. I think Italian football will develop a lot better if there are new stadiums for each of the clubs. So there! Yes, Lotito, the rogue figure in Serie A, doesn't want to pay the almost 1.8 million euro debt which he has for the Olympic Stadium. And so, what's he done to get that UEFA licence? Should his team qualify for Europe? <laughs> he's going to take them down to Florence! Oh, he's going to move the team to Florence? For like the a franchise, in, like in the States, when you just like decide, oh, we're taking the, um, the Arizona Rattlesnakes to <laughs> <laughs> Las Vegas. <laughs> That's, That's not that far away, though, is it? I don't know to Las Vegas. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, 280 kilometres for Lazio to go and play their UEFA games. Well, I mean, that just shows that this situation has... Uh, uh, it's, it's gone beyond the joke, really. Banner of the week. The banners this week have been simply outstanding. Wow. Col sangue agli occhi. Ed il coltello tra i denti. Scagliatevi contro il nemico. Li vogliamo in B. Well, I don't, you don't even need to understand Italian to know what's going on there. The blood in your eyes and the dagger between your teeth. Hurl yourself at the enemy. We want them in Serie B. Well, that can only be one match. And that's the, the Genoa fans. We're holding that banner up ahead of the, the derby against Sampdoria. And uh, certainly, if the, the word was that maybe the players were, were thinking, well, the Derby's great, I love playing in the Derby, let's not send Samp down. The fans, the general fans, wanted their uh, city rivals down in uh, Serie B. Because this was... This banner was actually held up at the Pelli Training Centre, the Genoa Training Centre, where 2,000 fans basically turned up every single day of the week. It was backed up in the Marassi Stadium with Send Them Down. Send them down. Send them <laughs> While the Sampdoria fans in return... Keep us up! <laughs> took, took, all, uh, took photographs of all the banners, put them together in a lovely file, and handed the files out to each and every Sampdoria player. Brilliant. What a motivational tool that is. Yeah, and did it work? No, no of course it didn't. <laughs> well, before that, the mayor tried to step in, Marta Vincenzi, the mayor of G the city of Genoa, and she said, this should be more like the Derby of Solidarity. <laughs> really? Yeah, right. Tell that to the fans. But it is uh, the Derby della Lanterna. It's a beautiful name, the Derby of the Lantern. And the lantern is being put out slowly. For Samp, definitely. But I tell you what, at the end of the match, now, a last-minute goal. Well, no, it wasn't a last-minute goal. It was six minutes into added time. Just barely seven minutes in. And and who scored it? Mario Bozzelli. Right. Who happens to be Argentine? Doesn't speak Italian. Obviously, didn't read the, the script. It was like, <laughs> okay, okay, lads. It's one-one. Seven minutes has been added on here. Let's just play it out. We'll take the point. Well, I mean, we've done our part, Genova. Uh, Samper still in in the mix to stay up. And then he's like, I don't, I don't understand. A chance, I'm going to score. And oh, what a goal! Oh, what a goal! As well. so, so you're saying there was this air of it being a biscuit. As a biscuit. <laughs> well, it certainly seemed that uh, Samp equalised, and then the whole um, tempo of the game dropped. 
until <laughs> seven minutes into added time. And you could see Preziosi screaming after the goal. Yes! Yeah, who is he? He had no idea who his player was that scored the winning goal. Who is that man? Give him a contract. <laughs> and then his teammates are like, oh no. <laughs> and then, and then the, the, the Sam players are turning around, what have you done to us? <laughs> but I tell you what was a great thing was the reaction of the Sampdoria fans. Yeah, I agree with you, Richard. At the final whistle. Yeah. They didn't try to burn the, the, the ground down. They didn't try to attack anybody. <laughs> they stood and sang back to the general Exactly, fans. that was a great show of solidarity there. Puffed out their chests and said, we are proud to be Doriani. Exactly, and uh, good luck to them next season in Serie B. <laughs> <laughs> also because there was another derby. <laughs> Southern derby. Lecce saving themselves and they were down to 10 men Napoli were down to 10 men and uh, it was boiling boiling hot but Lecce kept going kept battling for survival it was great to see from the Giallo Rossi the little Giallo Rossi well I've got to say that there is no particular episode from the match as such just that De Laurentiis so the whole match is one huge episode from his team's point of view because he said they were basically playing as if they were having a stroll in the countryside. Exactly, absolutely disgraceful. <laughs> Would have been probably what he said. And you know what? I heard that uh, on the flight back to Naples that Mr De Laurentiis ignored Walter, his coach. Got on the plane, sat down, passed, walked past his coach, said, oh, what are you doing sitting in first class? <laughs> Get out of here. And sat down and uh, ignored him, didn't even acknowledge him, which suggests what? that there is tension. <laughs> There's always tension, of course. <laughs> well, it suggests that he thinks that uh, Mazzari has just has given up the ghost, if you like. Well, Mazzari... on his way, won't commit to his future. And now you watch this. <laughs> watch this space. De Laurentiis will be turning things around and he'll be turning the, the Napoli fans against Mazzari and uh, Mazzari will be heading off up to Turin. Ooh, are you sure now? Yes. Because Mazzari has also been linked to Roma. <laughs> How about, I'll throw you that one in there for you, Richard. I don't, I don't know. I think I, I'm going to have to like um, reduce your caffeine intake. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that Mazzari's no also done is like he left Sampdoria and didn't go anywhere and just bided his time. He could be heading for Real Madrid because he does fancy himself as the new Mourinho. <laughs> Please. Let's not get, uh, let's not get too... That's just not coffee that I'm drinking, Richard. I don't know what you've got there. Uh, let's not get too carried away by uh, Walter Mazzari. Actually, what what's he won in his career? Exactly. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. And at crunch time, what did his team exactly. produce? And Napoli on Sunday were terrible. They really were. There was no life in them whatsoever. They needed a point to be sure of third place, which is a great achievement. And that means straight into the group stages of the Champions League and still opportunity maybe to uh, finish runners-up because they still have to play Inter instead of which, as <laughs> Mr De Laurentiis said his team were strolling around on uh, Sunday afternoon and that's partly down maybe to the, the coach's mindset Yes, poor Mr De Laurentiis, even after watching his latest comedy he said, my thought <laughs> is of great yeah. sadness because our group is not mature enough, able to concentrate to arrive at the finishing line. Well, overall, great season, but um, they don't want to end like this and that. You don't want to remember the season, the last uh, couple of matches where the team went right off the boil. Off the boil. 
the guru. <laughs> Well, talking about going off the boil. There's a team that's never been on the boil. Oh no! Monday night, unbelievable. What did um, the guru before he fell off his cloud? What did he say before the the match against Kiev? He said, uh, <laughs> "I'm staying 100% in Turin," is what he said. Yeah, he's got the Aramosha now, hasn't he? That yes. just Piemonte. Coronese French Italian accent. No, but he did say he was staying 100% in Turin where he was. I was just thinking, was he sitting at the Olimpico Stadium? Because next year Juventus aren't playing there. He just said they're nearly sitting once again. Sitting in the bench all alone. <laughs> where is everybody? Now, that was, he said, I'm in the build up. This was to the Kiev match. Obviously, Juve racing to two goal lead, looking wonderful. And then the usual rabbits in the headlights. No, we're two 0 up. What do we do, boss? Um, I don't know. Uh, defend? <laughs> no, defend. No, no, nothing like that. Uh, just a stroll around. So uh, little crazy Peps pulls out an easy chair. <laughs> Gets a good book out, and he's sitting there. Ah, oh, this is amazing. Talk his uh, latest jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then uh, Grosso is like. Um, there's something I gotta do tomorrow. Yeah, get the car washed. Um, what? Yeah, collect my so laundry. What you're talking about <laughs> is the moment's blackout. Well, blackout. <laughs> That's one way to describe it. You're two 0 up against Kievo at home. We've seen it before against Catania. The same thing. Away to Cesena. Away to Cesena, but more so at home. That, that's it. That's the problem. Then obviously. Kiev will get one goal back and Juventus like, what's the score? It's 2-1, that's okay. And next one, 2-2, two, two. oh no. Then that's it, they all fall apart completely. Gigi Buffon comes racing out of his goal after a long clearance. From, uh, he was going to get the sandwiches, I think, <laughs> no, the rest I think of the team. He, I think he was heading home. Yeah. To get, yeah, to get, to get the, the train. train to Rome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. And uh, Pelizier gets to the ball, plays it inside to the, the young ones, Fernando, who then goes, oh my goodness, what's happening here? Clearly, you end the support. We're clearly 10 years old. <laughs> oh no, I don't got scored. They could have been 3 2. And so Del Neri afterwards <laughs> said, the club will decide my fate. But you've got to wonder because he is the <laughs> Let's guru. hope so. Yeah, and then his players lack this diamond lucidity. You think after a year of meditation, of their humming and hawing. Yeah, but humming and hawing in defence. <laughs> You've seen the stands, Andrea Agnelli, the president. He was just shaking his head and started laughing. In front of him was Pavel Nedved, who didn't get the joke at all. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, the next day after the match, there's a little play on the, what Del Nier had said beforehand. I'm staying 100%. And the Tuto Sport headline was, you're 100% leaving. <laughs> because sporting CEO Beppe Marotta said, the club has decided. Well, <laughs> I think um, Daniere has sealed his own fate. But the thing is, who are the quality replacements? Really, how, who is out there that they can bring in? We're talking Mazzari. But then we've already got like Mazzari off, saying he's not really got what it takes. The second name is Antonio Conte, the Elton John. <laughs> <laughs> because he's had the hair transplant. No, he's good on the piano. <laughs> I know, but there you go. Where are the quality replacements? Were they going to go abroad? Hiddink, but he's meant to go into Chelsea. Van Gaal, dangerous one, Van Gaal, isn't yes. he? Yes. He's a wild one. They go, what, try to bring Spalletti back? 
but if uh, Juve, they're not going to finish fourth now. And so I'll tell you what, Richard, Del Neri is staying 100%. <laughs> Let's hope so. Hang in there, Guru. Dobbs and flops. <laughs> so let's start with the flops, and there were quite a few this week. Yes, and you could start with the entire Sampdoria team. <laughs> to be honest with you, Richard, I commentated the match, and they didn't string more than three passes together. Well, You're playing for your life. Yeah, but suddenly you haven't strung three passes together all this season. <laughs> suddenly. <laughs> Three games from the end of the campaign, you're going to do so. <laughs> but individuals has to be one. Okay, the best Sampdoria player on the night, Eduardo. <laughs> Who happens to play for Genoa. Genoa. Of course, yes. But not a big surprise. It was um, a shot from uh, Palumbo and uh, Eduardo. I think I'd read the script. Then you say it's Eduardo, maybe not. <laughs> Fumbles the ball, comes off his chest. Who's following up? Pozzi. Potsy, shanked it in. <laughs> shanked it again, <laughs> off the knee. Oh my goodness me. So, Eduardo, Mr. Three on the flops. Number two, mm. Pizarro. <laughs> Pizarro? Yes. Why? Because he needed to step up and show that he is the quality in the Roman midfield. Perotta was suspended, De Rossi was suspended, Brighi got injured earlier on. Basically, there's nobody in there. So he was the only midfielder? He was the only midfielder. <laughs> Outnumbered by the best team in the land, Bambomon Gattuso. They bring on Ambrosini, Seedorf, and then you're making poor little Pizarro your flop. Oh, no He's the playmaker. <laughs> yeah, but if you can't Roma get the were ball, playing for the Champions League. I know, but that's taking a lot away from Milan, who really controlled that game so well. I can't take that one, honestly. I tell you who you should throw in there. Tell and me. we've already said that is uh, Mr. Zarate just for that penalty miss. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, he's been in the tops all season. Yeah, he certainly has. I know who you're talking about, and I agree with you. Edinson Cavani. Definitely. He was uh, Mr. Angry down there in Lecce all afternoon. He missed a couple of good chances as well. And he was having a real go at the uh, referee's assistant, which I don't like him. He's meant to be a real, you know, religious, family man and religious, religious fellow as well. But uh, some of his language on becoming. On a Sunday. There's no peace in his heart. He got sent off about 10 minutes after Napoli had equalised, so a great chance for Napoli. Cavani got himself sent off, and again, there's all this discord concerning contracts, which at the bottom of it means money. Money, money, the root of all evil. And you consider he only signed his contract not even 12 months ago. Exactly, but with all the speculation around, and he's, uh, he was up there, joint top goal scorer. He won't win linked, that. Linked with. Um, so many different teams and th and then as you say the speculation around Mazzari the frustration got the better of him but you've got to be the bigger man in that situation as you say it was 1-1 Lecce were down to 10 men then it was a nothing foul it was on the edge of the Lecce penalty area there was a second yellow card it was a second no it was a, it was a, a horrendous foul there was no need to make it but it had come just after he'd missed a pretty good chance for the header over the crossbar off he goes and he's top of our flops on your knees to the sanctuary, Edinson. <laughs> Ouch, that's gonna hurt. Tops! The Tops, yes! Obviously, the name we cannot mention is number one, Alessio Cerci. <laughs> Emilio no. Di Messi. 
In medio di me, sì. That's a chant now in the, the Fiorentina fans in the curva. The curva Fiesole. Yeah, the Fiesole. He is better curva. than Messi, Alessio, Cerci. Yeah, but he's not in our tops this week. No. Number three, <laughs> Alexis Sanchez. And only number three because he stood still the entire match because of his injury. Yeah, but still had a an quality game. I wouldn't have put him in my tops. I have. I know also, you have. <laughs> because, because if you consider back even in January, when Inter tried to entice him to Milan, Moratti offered 15 million plus BNE. Good business not to take that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could probably sell him for 50 million to a Premiership club. So Sanchez is number three. You would put you. him in there. Why not? Uh, because there's another another man on the pitch who is absolutely amazingly wonderful, and he always is. He's been the maestro to uh, 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 Sanchez, the pupil, and that is Antonio Di Natale. Who now is 28 goals for the season, top goal scorer, knows how to finish, and has sent Udinese back into the top four. And we're all hoping as neutrals that uh, little Udinese finish uh, in with a chance of uh, qualifying for the Champions League. We love Udinese. You like the, the sausage sandwiches? I do like Udinese. Sausage sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Number two. <laughs> Matthias Silvestre. Well, there's a name that doesn't often get a mention. Yes, six <laughs> goals. who he is. <laughs> he is the centre-half of Catania. He's Argentine, no surprise there. <laughs> no, well, they, all, they could feel the whole team plus subs plus Argentines and a, and a coach. And the question is, <laughs> do they speak Argentinian Spanish as their first language in the training ground, or is it Italian? No, they, they, uh, they speak Italian, apparently. They're Badly. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, but at least... Coro, coro, coro. No, it, it, it's all in Italian. Simeone, uh, the coach, holds all the, the training sessions in Italian. And then, obviously, when they go out for their, their big steaks in the evening, <laughs> they uh, revert to uh, Spanish Argentine. Six goals. Number one scoring defender. Yeah, player one thinks that may make a move to a bigger club in the uh, in the summer. Looks like Catania will stay up. They could lose a couple of players, but that's not a big problem because there's a flight set up every day from Buenos Aires <laughs> to Catania, just full of footballers. <laughs> Another South American is my number one. He's not from Argentina, he's from Uruguay. Ernesto Chavanton. Oh, Chavanton, who's been very quiet all season since... Um, he raced up the pitch and um, physically assaulted a player to get sent off six <laughs> match bands. That was it, yeah. <laughs> he is as mad as they come. He is, he's as mad as but a, a that bag goal, of rattlesnakes. That goal <laughs> against Napoli. If you go back to the first time those two sides met, Cavani scored an absolute screamer, which was... Headline news: Chevanton does it, but maybe even his technique could even been better than Cavani's because the ball just dropped and he smacked it in off under the crossbar. Celebrated, had to turn around to see if the goal had been given. By then he'd taken his top off. The goal was given, so what did he do? Started kicking lumps out of the advertising holding <laughs> board. As you do, well, better than the, the opposition, isn't it? <laughs> and then he was asked by the referee to put his top back on. He put it on back to front. <laughs> exactly. He only come on as a, a late substitute, and uh, GJ Di Canio that was an excellent substitution because uh, Shevaton was itching to get onto the pitch. A stunning strike, and he certainly deserves our. Uh, 
top of the week, even ahead of Massimo Aldo. I've never seen him run so much in all my life when he raced around the Olympic Stadium there after the match against Roma. <laughs> oh, talking about events in Rome. Oh, that yes. is a lovely T-shirt Isn't you're wearing, so Richard. Nice. Gold, real gold. I needed to, um, a bodyguard to bring me to the cafe today. Yes, I met the king. All hail the king. So the king met the great man. <laughs> exactly. For all of the 15 seconds. He <laughs> and Totty goes, oh, it's you. <laughs> yeah. And I go, oh, it's you. And then that was it. It was sort of like a Love at first sight. It was indeed. There was like a, a hug and... And then he, he said, uh, oh, I'll have to get you a T-shirt. Got to go. Bye. <laughs> and he said, don't bother. I've already got the tattoo. <laughs> yeah. So that, talking of which, yeah, I think, you know, maybe I'll go off to the tattoo parlour and get um, the king of Rome. He's not dead. Calcio. Calcio. And coffee. And coffee. Catch up with your Calcio and coffee on Twitter, Facebook and iTunes.